0: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, by my co-host David Drogmeier And today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Season Preview. The Locked On NFL Podcast is previewing every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts through September eighth. There are preview episodes on the feed that you guys can listen to right now, and make sure to follow Locked On NFL today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast so you guys don't miss it. Me and David started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago when we created our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now we're the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast over the last four years, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, the preseason is over, and it kind of has a bittersweet feeling to it, David, because we wanted it so bad, right? The rookies, so much we could see in the preseason, and now we're like, okay, it's it's time for real football. It's time for the starting offense. It's go time, baby. It's It's time for Justin Herbert, but welcome into the show. A special thank you to those who are checking us out for the first time today. We really appreciate it, and the loyal fans as well. You can follow us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. But on today's show, we're going to get into reactions from preseason game number three, how seriously we were taking what happened in it, how the Chargers process of trying to get their starters healthy has worked for the most part, and also Tom Telesco saying that three quarterbacks could make this roster, something that neither one of us had on our first roster prediction. So we'll talk about that. In segment two, we'll talk about the real concern with the offensive line, even though it's the preseason, there is some concern there. Trey Pipkins, the reserves there, have to talk about that. And we'll also talk about the weird running back battle because Justin Jackson's been hurt, Josh Kelly's been ineffective, and Larry Roundtree has been better than both of those guys. So we'll talk about that. And also, if we think Asante Samuel Jr. has officially taken the starting job away from Brandon Faison, at the end of the show, we'll talk about my boy Forrest Merrill and if we think there's still any chance... He can make the roster after just an okay game on Saturday, and we'll also talk about some other standout performers like Chris Rumpf coming back in a big way, Nick Neiman with an up-and-down performance, but mostly positive, and much more to wrap up the show. So, let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers lost their final preseason game of the season 27-0 against the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday night, and
0: oh no, <laughs> 27-0
1: to a winless preseason team. At that in the Seahawks, but it is weird because it's the preseason, but you're still taking away some things from it. But you always have to kind of temper what your takeaways are and how seriously you're taking the things that happen in this game. I told you guys last week it's gonna be sloppy, there's gonna be a ton of penalties, it's gonna be a really ugly game, and that's what it was. There was no starters out there for the offensive line that showed up, almost no starters at all. I mean, no real legit starters that I can think of, David were on the field except for probably Josh Palmer and Asante Samuel jr that was probably it neither one of those guys did anything to really hurt their stock at all it was just an ugly ugly performance really by both sides but obviously when you lose 27 to0 it was just all all bad and I mean it started with a special teams penalty on the very first game play of the game on the kickoff return double team block it's like if there's a penalty on special teams on the very first play of the game you know it's going to be a mess but there are some things to take away, David. At the same time, it's hard to know how much stock you should put into it.
0: Very, very little, okay? This is not what this movie is going to look like when the Chargers kick off in two weeks. Brandon Staley okay? buzzword. <laughs> exactly. I got to get him in there. But none of the Chargers played. They didn't game plan for their opponent. They didn't attack them specifically on defense or offense. They didn't really help in, in pass protection like they would in the real game. This is completely different than what you're going to see when the Chargers go out there and they actually play football for real. So I don't think you can take too much out of this fourth preseason game. The goal of this game was very simple, Daniel, and that was to get as many of your starters to week one as healthy as possible. And that has been a mission statement that they have lived by all throughout training camp and throughout the preseason. And I have to say, mission accomplished.
1: You're right. I mean, the goal was to get out of it healthy. And really, when you look back at some of the other seasons for the Chargers, it wasn't guys usually getting hurt in the preseason. I mean, if you go way back, start talking, you know, Ryan Matthews and stuff like that. First carry of the preseason, broken collarbone for sure. But most recently, it's in practice as well. And I think that's been the other big, giant difference this year is how they've approached practice, how they've made it a collaborative effort. Now, will that, you know, lack of physicality and some of those things slow the chargers early on that's potential too right i mean we saw them put out some pretty sluggish performances even with the vanilla defenses and offenses i mean the seahawks weren't super vanilla especially defensively No, uh, they they're were coming after yeah, us they were definitely out for blood there i mean blitzing left and right on most plays it seemed like they were sending some sort of blitz and the chargers struggled with it. i mean early on just like josh kelly blowing a block letting you know chase daniel get blown up it was just early and often but yes Right now, is Mike Williams the only guy who's injured right now out of the Chargers starters on both sides of the ball? Yeah. I mean, obviously we're knocking on wood here, but that was the big goal. I mean, we've taken some things away from the preseason, but it really has to just be a cumulative thing. It's just matching what you've seen in the preseason with what you've seen so far in training camp and what you've heard there. So there was some things to take away, and I think one of the big surprises from the preseason game was not actually something that happened on the field. It was something that happened on the broadcast when Chargers general manager Tom Tulesco threw a wrench into a lot of roster predictions, saying that he could see all three Chargers quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Chase Daniel, and Easton Stick all making the roster. Brandon Staley was asked about it, I believe by Daniel Popper afterwards. He ended up saying, I could definitely see that. David, we might have been wrong about this whole thing. I mean, in the game itself... Easton Stick came back to earth, 10 of 17, 76 yards, sacked three times, didn't do anything special, you know, running the football or anything like that, but finished a preseason where he didn't throw an interception, so that's less erratic than he was before. Overall, I thought he was fine in the preseason. Chase Daniel, on the other hand, got lit up for a forced fumble because of that missed pass pro by Josh Kelly, and he still ended up going 9 of 12 for 70 yards, was sacked twice and also had the fumble. Not much to take away from the performances, David, but Tom Tulesco definitely shook things up by saying that.
0: The only thing I can think of that would rationalize carrying three quarterbacks is if you're worried about the COVID situation. I know you want to have a backup and you want to have a a backup for for the backup. Yeah, Yeah, it has to be a factor. So I just didn't understand for me, even when I heard that, like, why? Because if you keep a third quarterback, that means that you're taking depth away from another position on this team, whether that's defensive line, whether that's running back, whether whether that's corner, you're subtracting that roster spot to keep three quarterbacks, which you're probably going to leave one of those inactive on game days anyway. So for me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense as to why Tom Telesco would want to keep three quarterbacks on this roster. I am not a fan of that at all. And I think most
1: people are on the same page as you, and I think you saw in that last game that there's not maybe even a huge difference between these two guys, but one is much more experienced, knows the offense, and things like that. Both of them are just dudes, and the one way I could kind of understand it is, hey, you have an aging starting quarterback, right? You have a guy who's the third string, but you want to keep him around to develop him to take over potentially, right? But you still kind of want to have a veteran dude back there. I could understand that. But the future's here and it's Justin Herbert. You don't really need a developmental. And development- he's young and strong. Right. And athletic. <laughs> like, you don't really need a young developmental backup. You can get by with veteran backups. I understand wanting Stick, and maybe he would get picked up on the waiver wire, right? If he, you know, they tried to sneak him on the practice squad. But at the same time, it is hard to see the benefits. I mean, only two of the guys are going to dress. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I don't see the strategic advantage yes if covid happens something like that close contacts you have a guy to potentially go in there but it's going to be pretty screwed up no matter what especially if a situation like that does happen yes you have a guy to go out there but it just doesn't make a ton of sense i'm not a big fan of keeping all three quarterbacks i understand that stick has played pretty well just don't really understand it i just think they have bigger needs elsewhere on the roster where they could keep extra bodies especially positions that are more likely to get injured right i mean that's the reality of the NFL. Instead, they could potentially keep three quarterbacks, and they could potentially not. We're going to find out. Hopefully, this is (laughs) smoke and mirrors from Tom. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see, David, how we do our final 53-man roster prediction tomorrow. If we're going to go with two or if we're going to go with three, so many decisions to be made, but that's definitely going to make it a little bit harder for kind of our modified versions tomorrow. So make sure to check back in for those. Right before the final, final cuts happen, the Chargers get down to 53 men. But we do have two more segments to get into coming up next. We're going to be talking about the offensive line and the reserves struggling very badly again and how that is kind of a real concern even coming out of a preseason game. The weird running back situation and if Asante Samuel Jr. is now a starter potentially already for the Chargers defense coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by North One. North One is better banking for small business owners. Serving small business owners is all they do. North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere, whether you're at home or on the go. Everything you need to manage your business finances are at your fingertips. Never step foot in a bank branch again. In addition to the features you'd expect, like mobile check deposit, cash withdrawals, the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments, North One is an FDIC insured account that can save you both time and money. North One integrates with accounting software you already use, saving you hours of manual bookkeeping. And with the North One envelope feature, you can automatically budget and save for things like rent, payroll, taxes, and more. With North One, you'll never pay overdraft or NSF fees again, saving you hundreds of dollars per month. So to get started, visit apply.northone.com slash locked. That's apply.northone.com slash locked. North One business banking made for america i also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the locked on charges podcast and that's BetOnline.ag. it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season let's be honest guys football is the best time of year to bet on sports even though there's still a lot of great future bets out there some real games are coming the preseason is over now's the time to get in on the action if you guys head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today you can receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On, or there's a ton of other specials that you guys can check out. Right now, the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest are open now at Bet Online. Be sure to also take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose... Your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only, only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. We are here to help you guys get set up for all of the action coming at you right now at betonline.eg. Make sure when you sign up, you use the promo code locked on for a 100% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, well, we talked about some of the things that happened in the last preseason game for the Chargers and kind of just how that's going to affect this team going forward because there are some ramifications to these preseason games that we know of but now we get to talk about some of the other things that happened that we didn't get to in segment one like the offensive line because although in a 27-0 defeat there's going to be blame on both sides once again the offensive line depth something where you're trying to find out do you have some reserve pieces there that you feel good about? Do you have guys there that if they have to fill in, you think you can get by without the starter for you know a short period of time? It doesn't feel like the Chargers have that at this point. So although we are looking at preseason games, where we're saying you can't take too much away from it. It's hard to take a lot away that you can feel great about with this backup offensive line. Trey Pipkins, another really, really bad game, gives up a sack, has two false start penalties against him. Three sacks allowed during the preseason. And besides a couple of exceptions, you know, Scott Questenberry, Brandon Hymas, it's really been a mess. I mean, Storm Norton's been okay. This is the thing, David. Even though these are preseason games, you would hope that some of these backups would at least be able to hold their own. And right now, it looks like an actual concern. The Chargers do not seem to have a ton of depth behind their starting five guys that you feel pretty good about.
0: When you overhaul an entire offensive line, pretty much, at least an entire starting offensive line in one offseason, you can't get every player that you want. You can't get all the depth that you want. Rome was not built in a day. And for the Chargers who have tried... Time after time after time to bring in free agents and to draft guys in the middle rounds to put in their offensive line and try to develop. They have been unable to do that. So I think they definitely are off to a much better start this year with the starting five that they're going to put out there. But yes, the depth is a concern. I think you feel really good about Brendan Hymas, the draft pick. I think Scott Questenberry has played pretty decently, but I don't know who your other guard is. I'm not sure any of those other guys really separated themselves from the rest of the pack. We know that the chargers are planning on keeping nine. So I think they could handle a few injuries. If someone happens something happens to Brian Belaga, they could potentially kick Filer out to tackle and have Brendan Hymas play guard. He's been pretty adequate, I would say. But besides that, I think you do feel a little bit concerned about the backup guys you have or who they're going to keep when the season starts.
1: And, I mean, let's be honest. The Chargers did a lot of remodeling to their offensive line, right? They basically took a bulldozer and knocked out the entire incumbent offensive line that would have been going into the season from last year, right? As they should. And you can only do so much. They did a lot to try to improve their situation on the offensive line and they did. I mean, the starting offensive line should be much better than it was last year. Building depth and all of those things, even if you have better developing coaches, it's still going to take some time. And this Brandon Staley coaching staff and all of that, they've only had this one offseason season to kind of put together the guys that they want to pick. One draft where they got Brandon Hymas and Rashawn Slater under the Staley tenure, right? And you feel good about both of those guys. So it's going to take time to rebuild it. But I think with Trey Pippen specifically, you just wanted to see something better out of a guy who is a developing player. He's been one of their worst offensive linemen during the preseason. It's hard to ignore that. So at this point, is Tom Telesco still going to keep him on the team, even though he keeps putting him out there late into preseason games and it doesn't seem like it matters who he's going up against? He's still continu- continuing to struggle. Time and when time can again. you get
0: over your pride, Daniel? When is it going to be time for him to admit that he missed on this third round pick? He tried to get a guy with a p- apparent high upside or left tackle feet or whatever other <laughs> piece of information that you want to get from Tom Telesco. I think it's time to finally admit, hey, I took a gamble, I lost, and it's time to cut my ties.
1: And I think the hardest thing to really determine right now is can you fix it during this season? Can... You upgrade at that swing tackle spot and get somebody better than Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins. We don't know what the cuts are going to be like, right? If there's any salary cups or salary dumps other teams are trying to get rid of when they get down to 53 men. We don't know who's available yet. You'd like to think you could find someone more experienced that you know might just be a capable guy if it's not a good player. It's kind of yet to be determined on that front before we know who these teams are going to cut. It is a concern, though. But I do like the fact that it still should be better. It's just going to take some time to rebuild depth at five different positions. That's not something that is easy to do. Either way, another position that's really weird and really a murky water going into this final cut, that's going to happen on Tuesday, and that's the running back position. Because there's three very different scenarios that have gone on. I mean, Austin Eckler isn't playing in the preseason. But the other three guys were in Darius Bradwell. Justin Jackson hasn't played, right? He's played game one. He's been hurt ever since, and we don't even know when he's coming back. That makes it a little bit interesting going into the final cuts, but when he was out there, he played well. Josh Kelly has stayed healthy, has been out there every game, but has been bad. I mean, he's had 18 carries during the preseason for an average of 1.7 yards per carry. 18 Wait, attempts, Did you 30 just
0: yards. say 1.7 yards per carry?
1: And it is a small sample size. And the other thing I'll say is it's a really bad offensive line a lot of the times. Not a lot of openings. But the other running backs have had it too. And at least you've gotten flashes from someone like Larry Roundtree, who has at least four 10-plus yard carries over the three games. I mean, there's not a lot to work with. He's gotten stuffed, you know, behind the line of scrimmage at times, right at the line of scrimmage for sure. But at least he's making something on some plays and getting some chunk yardage. We've all had Josh Kelly as someone that could potentially make this team, David. He hasn't really done anything in the preseason to make you really feel like his confidence is back or that he's a better player that was one of the least efficient players in the NFL at that position in 2020
0: it seems like there's just been more carryover from the end of the year where he, the confidence was clearly an issue and he was not productive. And he seems like he's in good spirits. He has an absolutely amazing smile, Some someone who's going to light up any room that he's in. I'm sure he's a great guy. But on the football field, he has not been productive. He hasn't been fast. He looks slow. He looks doesn't look very agile. He's just not making any plays. And, yeah, the offensive line's been bad, but – you still gotta make something happen. You gotta have you wanna see at least something that makes you feel like there's something to work with there going forward. But you don't you didn't really get that out of Josh Kelly this entire preseason. Now we don't know what he did in, in practice where they feel like the where the coaches and Brandon Staley are saying that the practices are more important than the games because they make it a much more competitive environment. But in the games. Well, that we've seen Josh Kelly has done nothing and I don't feel like he has earned a roster spot.
1: And I think the thing becomes now obviously asked you, you used a fourth round pick on him. Maybe they're not willing to give up on that yet. That shouldn't be a question. I mean, he should just have to be good enough to do it. The hard thing is, is it's hard to say now what his strength is. I mean, if he's a bigger back, right? And he wants to be a physical back. The preseason should be where he does better because he's actually allowed to finish out runs. The tackles are going to the ground. You actually see what he would get, you know, on every carry. Larry Roundtree has done that much better than him so far in the preseason. 18 carries is not a lot. But it's impossible not to be worried by a 1.7 yards per carry. So, it's hard. I don't want to stay on super negative here. And, like, the other thing is, when you look at this, maybe Tom Tolesco wants to keep Kelly and Jackson, you know, and Eckler and Rountree. At the same time, it's hard to know with... Justin Jackson if he's even healthy right and how that's going to play a factor into it so it's a really bad situation not a situation we thought we were going to be looking at going into the season and there's a chance he bounces back and plays much better in the regular season there just hasn't been anything in the preseason that would make us believe that at this point so that's kind of the tough thing with Josh Kelly he still could make the roster though and we're going to find out we'll see if either of us don't have him on our 53-man roster tomorrow but we do have one more segment to get into Next, we're going to talk about if Asante Samuel Jr. did enough in the preseason and in training camp to maybe get a starting job, especially with Brandon Faison struggling. Then we'll also talk about some of the other standout performances over the weekend like Nick Neiman, Chris Rumpf, and much more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called direct TV stream. It brings you your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no more need to buy another device ever again. The best part there's no annual contract that you're going to get caught up in. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I also need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on earth. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. Built Bars are my favorite protein bar. I eat them all the time. So does my fiance. And the nice thing is, there's so many flavors to choose from. I mean, She has her flavors. I have my flavors for me. I'm always going peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie. For her, she's more of a coconut, coconut, almond, raspberry type of girl. Everyone can find the flavor that you want at BuiltBar.com because they have so many flavors to choose from and you can order a mixed box where they'll send you all of their delicious flavors and you can try out all of them to see which one's your favorite. With Built Bars, you can have something you should feel guilty about, but you know you don't have to because it's going to fit on your diet. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, we can even save you guys some money because if you go to BiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at com. All right, David, well, we've talked about a lot on this show. I guess probably more than maybe we thought we could get out of the third preseason game. That was obviously as ugly As it was, but there's still a lot of storylines kind of playing out in front of us as these final roster cuts loom. So there are more guys that stood out during this game. Maybe that didn't, you know, solidify their spot on the roster, but it's definitely worth talking about. The first one I want to talk about isn't someone that stood out in this game, but it is about a guy who stood out, I guess, in a bad way. And that was Brandon Faison, who is a guy that started out getting first team reps during this offseason, according to Daniel Popper and the other Chargers beat writers. But then he started missing practice and ended up missing the first preseason game, and I saw DeSamuel Jr. really started coming along those next couple of weeks at training camp. You're seeing great plays. He started getting interceptions in the joint practices, one off Jimmy G, then he gets him again in the game. His trajectory has been going upward, and now, David, in this last preseason game, seeing Brandon Faison get beat like that, I mean, I think Faison still has his spot on the roster, but at the same time... Asante Samuel Jr. seemed to play a lot less than in the last game, and I think there's a good shot he is the next guy up already for this defense behind Michael Davis and Chris Harris Jr.
0: I think the coaches wanted that to be that that way. I think they wanted Asante Samuel Jr. to earn his spot. They didn't want to just hand it to him. That's why they were hyping up Brandon Faison and they were giving him a lot of the first team reps because he had been here and he has already been familiar, but. Asante Samuel Jr. has showed up, he has played better, and he seemingly has leapfrogged him on the depth chart because they're really handling all the starters the same way. They're just getting them a couple of looks, and then once they've seen what they needed to see, they're getting them out. And that's how they started treating ASJ towards the end of the preseason. So I feel like Asante Samuel Jr. is now the starter opposite of Michael Davis, and Brandon Faison is now the backup.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the way it seems. If you're going just based on performance, you would say it was going that way for sure because one of the things Brandon Fazen had on his side, I mean, just as far as his strengths was a physical tackler, a good tackler, and a missing big on a screen pass that gave up a first down. It really wasn't even close. Just didn't really look great and also looked like some of the things we saw in the past were on big downs if Brandon Fazen was on the field. The offense knew exactly what it was going for. So as far as Brandon Faison is concerned, like I said, it just seemed like it looked a lot like the times we've been frustrated with him in the past. Didn't look that had changed much, even in this new scheme. And it was still the preseason. But I think Asante Samuel Jr.'s done enough that the upside of having him out there is much better than, you know, the downside of not having his ball skills out on the field. And I think that's really all he could hope for. But there were more standout performances. I do want to talk about Tyron Johnson, even though it was a, you know, a modest, but I also did want to talk about Tyron Johnson here, because there was some talk on the CBS broadcast about him potentially being on the bubble, and when you look at him and how long he's been playing in some of these games, I mean, he's a guy who stood out early on in camp, then ended up getting hurt and had to miss a game, then came back and played not great in his second game with that poor offensive performance by the Chargers as a whole, and then in this game, he comes through with four catches for 41 yards. Gets three first downs on the night, and I think kind of really stopped that conversation. And honestly, who to put a ticket spot, right? John Hurst, Michael Bandy, KJ Hill, and Joe Reed didn't play in the game. Joe Reed hasn't played for a while. I always thought Tyron Johnson was going to make this team. I just don't think he can go from where he was to not making it, but it was still weird to see him out there. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Also, the kicking game we should probably mention too, David, just because there was one kick in the game, and it was Tristan Viscaino missing from 47 yards. Michael Badgley did not attempt a field goal. I mean, the Chargers obviously had zero points. So there wasn't much offense. Just continuing to make this situation harder. We know they like Viscaino for his leg and all of that. And even after the game, Stable is saying, you know, we're basing it off of everything. But that's not the ideal way you'd like to see the last preseason game go when you have a competition like this
0: not only that but you didn't see anyone throughout the entire preseason or training camp really separate themselves and just put a stamp on the on being the kicker for the Chargers. No one said, "Hey, that's my job. I'm taking it and I'm not letting it go." No one did that. So that's what I think is so frustrating about this whole competition is that there's no one that's clearly the front runner in my eyes. So with that being said, I feel like the Chargers should absolutely look at who gets cut at kicker and seriously entertain bringing in someone who is not named Vizcaino or Michael Badgley.
1: I mean, right now it's hard to have confidence in either guy. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. I think both guys are probably kicking at about maybe 80%, you know, like exactly 80%, maybe the high 70s with the misses that Vizcaino has had recently. It's not great. You want your guy hitting at a higher percentage than that, and there was only four total field goal attempts for the Chargers and their sputtering offense during the entire preseason. It was two makes from Tristan Vizcaino that were both under 40 yards. It was a 50-yard make by Michael Badgley. That was big for him, and then a 47-yard miss for Tristan Vizcaino, so I guess we'll see tomorrow which one of those guys we're predicting because that conversation has not gotten any easier to this point for sure, but... Let's, you know, touch on some other notable things from this game, David. Nick Neiman missed some big tackles, had a couple of rough moments, but still is a tackling machine. 13 combined tackles, eight solo tackles, a sack. He was all over the place. And yes, he did miss some, and there were some definite teachable moments there. The good has far outweighed the bad during this preseason, and that has been one of the low key surprises for me. And then Chris Rumpf has a good first game in the preseason, gets a sack. And then comes back in this game, David, the fourth round pick, who we are really excited to see, gets three tackles for loss and a sack to wrap up his preseason finale. Three sacks, two sacks in two games for Chris the second. Two
0: 2021 draft picks showing up and showing out in the preseason. Nick Neiman is constantly around the football. You see that athleticism and speed, and you really like that, and Chris Rumph. You see the energy that he's displayed and the slipperiness that's just going to really serve him well. Once he bulks up a little bit, you can really see that he's learning. You saw some pass rush moves that I think he's acquired from Joey Bosa, and that's never a bad thing. Once he gets some weight on, he's really going to be a solid player. But both of those guys, I thought, really has raised their stock throughout and is looking really good for this draft class.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I haven't been this excited about a class in a while. And the last class had Justin Herbert in it. So I think that's definitely saying something there. Chris Rumpf has looked good. And I mean, there was a time where I saw him get locked up by a smaller tight end in in the running game. And that still is going to be an issue. But there's other times where he's getting tackles for loss because he's just too quick. He's getting in the backfield and he's making plays. I mean, he had more pressures too. He almost got to a sack even before the one he finally landed. A great performance for Chris Rump, and that's a very exciting thing to get out of a fourth-round pick. A guy that's looking like him so far, that's a guy that looks like a developmental player with the trajectory pointing up. How early on will he have an impact? Tough to say, but definitely a nice performance for him. Now I want to talk about Forrest Merrill before we get done, David, because Forrest Merrill had a fine game, but that might also kind of be the nail in the coffin of him potentially making the 53-man roster. Hey, maybe I'll still go with him tomorrow I thought Braden Fajoko, though, still played well again, and has probably been the more consistent one, the one more likely probably to make the roster, so it might just be practice squad or bust for Forrest Merrill, who probably needed a spectacular game to really make it a hard decision and didn't have it.
0: Yeah, it definitely was going to take that for Forrest Merrill. He was going to have to be a game wrecker, a guy who really made a difference in this football game, and unfortunately for Forrest Merrill, that did not really happen, so I'm sure the chargers are probably going to go with a veteran, a guy who's more familiar to them, who has played pretty well and force mail had to separate himself to earn that spot. And I just don't think that he did that. I do feel like he did enough to be on the practice squad. Hopefully he just doesn't get poached.
1: And it's such a physical position, right? I mean, we saw Justin Jones at times missing multiple games last season. That's a really tough spot. And If he does land on the practice squad, there is still a chance he makes it up at some point. He was still very sturdy. I do think he brings some things to a team who really got gashed in the running game, especially in that last game. There is some value there. I just don't know if it's enough as an undrafted free agent fighting that uphill battle already to make the team. So, Forrest Merrill, I'm pulling for you, but it seemed like those other guys played really well as well. So, I probably won't have a problem with whoever ends up making it, but... We are going to be getting into our final 53-man roster predictions tomorrow. I'm excited about that, David. It'll be right before the actual roster cuts happen, so make sure you guys check back in and make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast from so you guys don't miss it, whether that's Apple Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Following is always the best way to make sure you guys don't miss a show, especially a big one like tomorrow, and then, of course, the next day we'll be back with our roster reactions. That's the great thing about an everyday show, and you can find the show on all of our social media, you can find me on Twitter at Dan and David on Twitter at DrotalkSD. SD. You can find the show's Twitter at Locked On LAC where we constantly are giving game updates and our takes on the Chargers and posting all the shows and our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. We love interacting with you guys on there. And if you guys also want to interact and get your voice on the show, you can do that at the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. We're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show, but Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with our final 53-man roster prediction. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.